I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words DraftKings podcast. I'm joined as ever by Matt Vincenzi. Matt, hello. Hey, Tom. Uh, close one for both of us at the Scottish Hat and Fleetwood. Just seems like we can't get anybody over the line recently. I, I certainly can. It's in getting guys position every week and now we're in the Barbers Hall, but that looks like it might be going sideways. So who knows? Yeah, at the start of the day. So we obviously had Hatton and Fleetwood. We were quite high on between us on... This show, uh, me and Ben Cody on the tips did um, Fleetwood, Homer and Lowry in the Scottish. They were all inside the top 10, all been four, and Fleetwood was just bad. Uh, Brad was on Hatton on the betting show for us this week. So all in all, just a really tough break on Sunday. And now it's like with both of us on Glover and Grace and Murray, we're going to probably lose out to Vincent Norman there as well. So... Um, yeah, it's just a rough one at the moment. It's, I don't know. We, we'll see. We could be changed something completely different by the end of this show. They get, they're out together in the next kind of eight or nine holes. But it definitely feels like a nearly thing so far. But positive, uh, positivity only, I guess. We've got the Open Championship coming up next week. Uh, Royal Liverpool and Hoylake. And uh, I'm looking forward to this one, Matt. I think, you know, final major championship of the season. I think we've been reasonably good at most i think the us open was typically uh or you know just a little bit tough for me but otherwise i think we, we've been pretty spot on you know we were, we were big on rob and i hope we just end the season in the same way um you know than we did at the start so first of all how much i guess before we get into like the course and things like that how much is the previous majors weighing on you from this season um, I, I mean, you know, history kind of shows us that the guys who play well on in the previous majors come and play well uh, in the other ones. I think the Open is, for a lot of reasons, it's more of an outlier of the other three majors. Like, I just I just read a little bit ago that the last 13 winners of the Open didn't finish in the top 25 the year the year before at the Open. Wow, like that that seems crazy to me. And so it sounds wrong. Like I'm, I'm guessing whoever you read that from is right. Um, but let me see. let me get. Let me, I just gotta double check that it's right. But I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, so the last 13 major winners hadn't finished. Last 13 open winners. Open winners hadn't finished in the top 25 in the top previous 10. year's open. Hmm. Okay. So Cam Smith, I know definitely wasn't. Morikawa was making his debut. Lowry wouldn't have done, I guess. Spieth? It feels like Spieth would be the... T30. T30. Stinson, probably not. T40. Rory. Miscut. Okay, so maybe this is true then. Phil miscut. L's miscut. Clark T44. Louis miscut. Sink miscut. Yeah, cool. So, they hadn't finished it in the previous year, and I guess that's based on just the such stark difference in course rotation right i think ultimately what you have to have done though is played well in a previous open championship would be my yeah. uh yep. analysis not necessarily the most recent um but yeah i think i think you have to have played better in one of them five of the top 10 here in 2014 had already finished top five in an open championship all of the top four so that's uh rory obviously winning it 
Sergio and Ricky finishing tied second and, and Fura could have a multitude of top four finishes in this event before uh, finishing fourth here in 2014. So they'd all played pretty well. So Rory's best finish was third in 2010. Uh, Ricky's was fifth in 2011. Sergio had been second in 2007. Fura had been fourth three times, 97, 1998 and 2006. Leishman, interestingly, had only finished 60th in an Open. He was fifth here, but he'd also gone on to finish second and sixth in the two uh, Opens after this. Adam Scott uh, was second in 2012. Eduardo Eduardo Molinari finished seventh here. He'd finished 27th in the 2010 Open Championship. Charles Schwartzel was seventh here, finished 14th in the Open Championship in 2010. Victor Wisson had only played one and he'd finished, uh, he'd missed the cut in 2010. and then Shane Lowry had finished 32nd in the 2013 Open. So I think you really have to have had to contend or be, in, be you know, have been in the sort of hunt over the weekend at an Open Championship to really win one. Um, although, obviously, Morikawa and Cameron Smith are, are kind of dispelling that. But I think this course in particular just, you know, it, I think it rewards the best players, ultimately. It rewards the people that are in the most form. It rewards, I mean, basically... Nine of the top ten here last in 2014 had finished second or better that season already. Uh, it was only Charles Schwartz who hadn't had a runner-up finish or better, and that was and he was fifth at Riviera, uh, and he's obviously a former Masters champion coming into it. So I think you've just got to have a little bit of class about you. I know there's always this kind of fear that you're going to get caught in a you know draw bias and things like that. These things can't be helped. You can only analyse what you can analyse at this point on a Sunday evening as we're doing it here. Um, I think ultimately we've just got to tell you the guys that we think can play well. And, you know, when tea times come out and things like that, you're going to have to analyse it for yourself a little bit. World ranking, I think it kind of, if you're not inside the top 25, I don't think you're really going to win here. I think you you might contend, you might be in the top 10. I think, you know, kind of the modern Aries this world and that were kind of in the hundreds in terms of world rankings and things like that. But even like someone like Victor de Wisson, that sounds like a weird top 10 finisher. He'd been second at the match play and second at Nordea Masters that year. And he was actually 23rd in the world and finished 28th in the US Open before coming here. So, like, you don't typically just come from nothing. Scott had won at Colonial early in the season. Leishman had finished second. Um, Furyk had a couple of runner-up finishes. Sergio won the Qatar Masters. Ricky Fowler was second at the US Open coming in. Rory had won Wentworth. So the real contenders had had won or finished runner-up in events recently. They'd played well in the majors coming into it. So that was the year that obviously Ricky finished in the top five in all of those majors. I think there is a certain type of player that likes these more than others. I would say this is one of the easier major courses in the rotation map. I think that's probably a fair thing to say. Uh, 17 under in 2014, 18 under in 2006. Have you read about the changes this year? Yeah, yeah. Um, one less par five, so I, that might shave, you know, four strokes off the off the winning score. Because it does seem like a lot of that damage has been done in, on the par fives. Yeah, so I'd, I I think that I think if all things were equal, we might have shaved four off. But I think the game has just changed even since 2014. I think the winning score will still be similar. But yeah, 15 mm-hmm. and 18, both par fives have both been lengthened by 40 and 60 yards. Uh, respectively. Tenth has changed from par five to a par four, which is where Rory was kind of like three under on the week, I think. So, yeah, I, I think ultimately it will maybe play a little bit tougher, but I just I just think that they're so good now that 
and they were in 2014, right? But like the equipment and things like that have even got better. I think fifth, between 15 and 18 is probably the score to look at, unless something really changes. We've, we've had a pretty wet month in July, so it's not going to get baked out. Biggest defence for the golf course for you, Matt? I guess you would say wind, and then you also have those, um, you know, hazards that are in play, which is which is kind of difficult. And then I just think the guys who are wild off the tee, I think, will struggle here. I don't think players like Cam Smith can do what they did at St Andrews, where they're 20 yards left of the fairway, they're going to end up being in a decent lie. Yeah, I mean, look. So there's out of bounds on six of the 14 holes that are not par threes, right? So that's quite a significant amount. It's, it's almost half of them. When it's not out of bounds, you're going to go into a shitload of rough, really high fescue grass. So you can get a good lie out of it. Like, it's, it's just very much pot luck. Um, I think just with the rain that we've had over the last few weeks and the fact that it's not going to get you know, ridiculously hot and ridiculously windy over the first couple of days, I think that we're in for a relatively low scoring event again here. The, the gusts do pick up kind of over the weekend, but I don't think significantly enough to really affect the score. I think Rory McIlroy will be looking at this event pretty excited after what he's just done at the Scottish. Yeah, and also looking at, you know, the scores that he's put up in the majors that he's won seems about right for him. Yeah, yeah, I think all that's right. I think it will favor more the prototypical ball strikers than we've seen kind of at like last year we're looking for more creativity i, I just think the tee to green uh precise good off the tee good on approach i don't think we're necessarily looking for as many of the creative shot maker types that we were looking for last year that's just kind of how i'm looking at it yeah look it's a, it's a flatter open course the greens are not kind of coming this you know big mounds and they're not double share greens like they are at st andrews Ultimately, I think it's the, the fescue and, and the out-of-bounds at the biggest defence. I think the pot bunkers could come into play. Tiger had hit 86% of fairways when he won here, but he, was, he wasn't he was hitting driver because uh, it was baked out and he just hit two iron everywhere. But Rory hit driver everywhere, but he was also inside the top 20 for accuracy. So I do think you need to be accurate. Uh, to your point about Cam Smith, Cam Smith two or three weeks ago was probably my pick to win it. And then I just saw him blaze it everywhere at Centurion. And that concerned me slightly. Uh, again, he was relatively accurate at the US Open, I think. Mm-hmm. I think he hit over 60% of the fairways or whatever. Like, he was decent enough. So I think he can figure it out. But, like, the odds that you're going to be asked for, for Cam Smith, I think he's actually a decent DraftKings play over uh, betting this week just because I think the price will put people off when he's in between kind of Kepka and Rahm. He's above Shuffle and Hovland and people like that. And I think... The betting the number is short but like i think the price is okay in DraftKings at 10 to it is and i think he's playing well enough right now and he doesn't do it the conventional way we all know that but i think he's playing well enough in terms of his finishes and gradual form the way he's done in each major progressively and then winning a couple of weeks ago obviously he had an incredible putting round when he won but you can't put it past him to do anything like it, it could he be bad from td or not bad but average from td green and then just you know pull that short game stuff out of his ass absolutely it's always in play yeah and i i think he'll find a way to be around i don't know about win but i think he'll be in the mix no i i think he's going to be in in around the top 10 so i think it's someone that you should look at maybe uh in terms of that but look, let's let's go into the pricing then scotty scheffler 12 5 roy mcelroy 11 9 john rahm 11 2 cam smith 10 7 brooks kepka 10 4 xander shoffler 10 1 victor hovland 10 let's forget about prices for the minute 
If you had to rank the top three of those players likely to win this tournament, who are they? I would say Rory, Scheffler. Do you go down all the way down to 10? Yeah. Uh, Hovland. There you go. So that's my three as well. So we're yeah. on the same page. Like it's it, anything is that that order for me as well. I think I think Rory's win this past week, you know, this weekend is is really you know good. I think like for as much shit as I give Rory over the past, like to dig in after being you know pretty poor for the first bump nine is is pretty impressive the way he pulled it off and to take it away from Robert McIntyre. So uh, I was impressed with him over the past weekend, especially with the wind getting up. I don't think he's going to face those kind of conditions here. It might, you know, it will get windy, but I, I don't think it's going to be as testing as it was at Scottish Open. So you've got Rory McIlroy as the most likely winner above Scotty Scheffler. I think just purely because of the putting at the moment, like he can sit there and say, did you see the interview where they said like, are you getting fed up of being asked about your putting yet? And he sort of said, yeah, I spoke to John Rahm about that, like blah, 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 blah. And then it was a long way of saying, yes, he is getting fed up of being asked. And he was no, saying like, no. I, I don't need you to tell me whether I'm a good putter or not, because I know I am. And it was like, well, you're not like, yeah. you're, you're, you're shit right now putting. So, um, the only thing I would say on that is that it's because he's set like the, the strokes game numbers look so much worse because he's he's so close all the time, right? Like that right. you're it's going to be exacerbated a little bit because he's just setting up too many opportunities that he's not taking advantage of. So I don't think he's necessarily broken with the putter or anything like that. He's just not taking advantage. I think is the fairest statement. Yeah, I think that's what it is, but just. The open isn't the tournament you want to go into when you can't make a putt. No. Um, I'm, and I'm a little concerned about that. Like that being said, I mean, it still feels like his floor is finishing in fifth place. Yeah. Like uh, that's what that's what I mean. Like I, I, if I don't really see a situation where Rory McIlroy's got Sheffield not in the top ten going into Sunday. They they will be, and that's what's tough. Like, do you play them both? They're probably gonna, they're definitely going to be the two most popular guys. Like so early right now, but it is a major, and pricing has been out for a couple of days, so. I'm seeing more generated lineups today than than, than we usually get on a Tuesday for um for a week. So you are getting a little bit of input of what people are who's who they're liking. Um and it's gonna be Rory and Scheffler. I mean, even I I wouldn't have to look at that to tell you that, but looking at that it also is pointing to that as well by a long by a long shot. So the question is, is is there a world where they don't finish in the top ten and you know, uh, so these other top guys outplay them? I, I don't know though. Yeah. I agree. Live, live tilting right now. Grace Murray just made a double bogey. Uh, so his race is run. And Lucas Glover has got 126 yards to set himself up for birdie. And Vincent Norman has just birdied again. So we may be pretty pissed by the end of this episode. But um, what do you do with Scotty in the price? 12-5. Let's get into the price factor now. Uh, I mean, it's just so I, I don't think I can play him $600 more expensive than Rory unless it was a significant significant ownership discount which i don't think it will right now but after rory's win that will probably change a little bit but 600 dollars is a lot i'd rather just play rory would you we say that we don't expect a massive ownership discount you put him in the average remaining price you've got is seven five so you are going to have to dip into those low sixes is that going to be enough to put people off him or are people just going to jam him in i think people will still jam in because you get the low you get the mid fives now yeah but they're like people that shouldn't be in the open championship yeah, like i've got yeah. a couple and we'll come on to them but like if i was going below 6-1 this week i'd be really frightened so you, you put a couple of the 6-1 guys i'm relatively 
confident can make the cut, you're still only getting eight four a player. So you can't really even put in like you can put someone in from the high nines, I think, and, and make a decent lineup, but it is tough with Scheffler in there. Yeah, I mean this pricing is not soft by any means. They're they're making you work for it to get a good lineup in there. And then even like below that, you the, the guys that you want to play, like I'm, like I'm playing a lot of Victor Hovland. He's my pick to win. I'm happy to have a, a 33 to one on him that I bet probably almost nine or 10 months ago now. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be playing him. Like I think he's in great position to win because he has that scar tissue of the previous opens and the previous majors and just the way he's playing right now and his, his ability to be long and straight off the tee. And he's just been really precise from tee to green. So I love him, but I mean, 10,000 and then you're still, it's not like you play him instead of the other guys and you have all this money to play with now. No, I, I mean, like, there's some bits that I can work out with him. I like he had two top 10 tees green week uh, days at the Scottish Open as well. Fifth on in round four and ninth in round two. So apart from a really shitty day on, on day one, Hovland was great as ever, tee to green uh, at the Scottish. And it, look, I just think, you know, he's won this season at Memorial, biggest win of his career so far. He's already, as you said, fourth last year as a 54 hole leader, and he was 12th on his debut. Like, I think that's probably missed a little bit. Uh, he's open debut 12th, and then finishes fourth the next year. Played the week before, which we like. Uh, he was inside the top 25. He's fifth in the world, unless he drops down after this past week. And he's finished seventh, second, and 19th this season in majors. I don't think there's a better candidate. Well. It is Rory and Scheffler, but like I think he's the, the next best candidate, as we've already said. Are yeah. we are we overlooking Ram Kepka Shuffle here? Um Yeah, I mean a little bit. Yeah. I mean the thing is you can only play so many guys, you can only bet so many guys, you can only I mean they're they all have a chance. Brooks for me, I know he's a he's a really good open championship record, but he just he's looked a little flat since the PJ win. Uh, and I don't I don't know. If I if I'm interested in him, Shoffley zero interest. I don't care what what anybody says. I'm not playing him when I can play all these other players. Cam's being overlooked a little bit. I'm sure he can play well, and he's a, I agree with you. He's a pretty good pivot. But Rom, I don't know. He hasn't been playing all that well. He didn't play the Scottish this week. I've always thought this would be a really good place for him. So he's not been good at opens generally, right? And I think he's like five or six for made cuts in opens, but only got that one top 10. I think, you know, he had a chance to win the one at St. George's in 2021 when Morikawa won. I think this is potentially the best venue for him. I think it's the closest to the type of golf that he wants to play in open championships. Um, you know, it has got links element, but you are going to get some pretty calm days. And look, he's been, what, he's been 11th, 3rd and 34th his last three opens. So it's not, you know, disaster street, but... I guess you just expect more. I think I think what it is is that his Masters record was so strong. Actually, when you look at his other majors, like he was the US Open, he was like third before he was first. But he's got the he's got the third in this. So maybe he is just bubbling up to to win it. Uh, maybe he's served his in a friendship already. I just don't know that he's playing quite well enough. Like even the top ten at the US Open, I wasn't that impressed by. He shot 65 in the final round, which he can obviously always do. But 16th at Memorial, 50, 50th at the PGA. It, it has been tough. I don't think, I think he's just, I don't know if he's just laxed off because he's achieved like a career goal or, or what it is, but it's, it's hard being a Masters champion as well, right? Yeah. And I, how often is a guy going to win the Masters and win the Open later that year? And if you, I, I, I'm not going to put it past him, like he can't do it, but it's just hard to picture that happening. 
Who has then, done that? Is that Nicholas and Woods? Is it a short list? I mean, it's definitely a short list. I think that's Nicholas and Woods. I was trying, I was, off the top of my head, I was trying to think if there was someone else I could think of, and I can't. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, to do that would be incredible. And I think he's obviously great. Um, but, and, you know, the other hand is he is the clear pivot, in my opinion, just because he is the guy who's as talented as Rory and Scheffler, and he can, if he turns it on, be really, really good. But at 11 2, you have to think he's going to win. And I just, I don't really think he's going to win. So Nick Fowler's done it. Nick Fowler's won the, the Open and the Masters. Tom Watson and Gary Player. So it's actually it's a, it's more than you think, but you wouldn't count it, right? Like it's not right. It's not something that you'd be backing, and I don't think it's, it's someone you're backing it against when they're just not playing the way that Mark Amira has done it as well, which is actually a bit of a surprising name. Um, so there, there's been a few. So it, it is doable. I yeah I agree that it's a pivot. I mean look he's seven hundred dollars cheaper than Rory, so the game theory part suggests that you could start with him or Brooks and and make a decent lineup. Like I think with Brooks, I know you said he's been flat, but like he's been flat and just I, I think he's a t- what is he the top four best players in the world right now? Like is yeah. it is it Rory Scheffler Brooks? I'm still going to put Ram ahead of him. Okay. Uh, for me, I know it's, he hasn't been the best lately, but um, I, yeah, I'm going to go. I think it's hard to put him high because you just don't know what he'd be like week to week, right? So I think it's, but I think he's yeah, to be top five. So he, he's gone second, first, and 17th in the majors. And he he was like basically dead at the US Open and finished 17th. Finished third at Valderrama, of course, you shouldn't like. And he was. He just sort of ambled around in London. I don't know what he's been doing for prep. I know John Rahn's been in Ireland on his week off. I'm assuming Kepka's probably done something similar, and you just don't know about it. Um, probably the same with Cam Smith as well. But, like, yeah, I am I think it's just because I love Victor so much and I want to find a way to put Rory in that I don't think I'm going to be able to look at these other guys too much. Yeah, but we look at Brooks' open history. It's really, really good. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, it, it's, yeah. it's amazing. And, you know... He's not wrong when he says, like, people beat themselves going into major championships. And they certainly beat themselves when they get unlucky bounces at the Open and things like that, which he won't let himself you know, do. I mean, like, 10th, 6th, 4th, 6th, is, or his 4th best finishes in, in Opens. And when, I think here in 2014, he kept up with Rory in terms of driving as well. He just he was new to, you know, the game. He finished 4th at the US Open, but he, he wasn't great that week. But he was still relatively cutting his teeth. So I think I'd be interested in playing Brooks. So this is going to be the most underrated, under the radar start for him this year, I guess. Or was yeah, it, what's, no. the, what's the Masters? I don't know. Masters probably was. Yeah, I, th- I think this, I mean, I think a lot of people like me kind of think he got his major win this year and it doesn't mean he's not capable of getting another one and his, his record at the Open is sneaky, but yeah, I, I think he'll probably be a little higher on than Cam. I, I think I think I would just rather play Cam. Yeah, no, I get that. I understand that. That's a fair comment. I'm just trying to find a way to jam in like a bunch of really top guys and see if there's any feasible way of doing it. Let's just let's just have a look. I mean, it's going to be really chalky to do it. Um, so you can do it. You can you can you could go Victor, and then spoiler alert on the top nines. I like. Morikawa, Kepka, McIntyre, Matthew Jordan, Podrick Harrington. 
So that's yeah, the sort good. of that's the sort of build you can do. Like you you can take three from the mid sixes and then play three top guys is what you can do. Um, it's, and it, it's and if, if you get rid of Kepka and start Hovland Morikawa, you're in even better shape. And that's what I would do. But I think it's one of the strangest pricings that I can ever remember. Like lineup construction is going to be so critical and it's also going to be it's going to vary i think it just there's so many different ways to go because if you we'll, we'll continue to talk about these guys as we go but you still got Fowler who's playing really well up in the high nines Cantley who always generates ownership in majors um and then Morikawa who seems like he's gaining a lot of steam yeah i love Morikawa right now but let's, let's talk about Morikawa uh every week that we talk about Morikawa in a, in a golf tournament we basically just say the same thing. We're waiting for him to, to show that to green and, and show that he's better than everybody else at it. He's done that recently. So that's enough yes. to say. Travelers, he wasn't good. And I know a lot of people yeah. bet him at the Travelers and said that should be a perfect setup for him. And he missed the cut. I was really encouraged by the Rocket Mortgage. And actually, when you look at his majors, 10th, 26th and 14th this season, all with good iron play. I'm pretty comfortable with playing him in this. Yeah, I I, I see it too, and I I understand why a lot of people like him. Um, and I am I don't know if I'm quite there. Is he going to win two two opens already? I mean, I know it doesn't matter for in in terms Audrey of Audrey Harrison won back to back opens, so I guess like yeah, I I trust yeah. him to do it. I, look at the start of the season, or you know maybe. A quarter of the way through the season, I didn't think he was going to win anything. So for me to go full sort of 316, he's going to win a major this week is quite surprising to me. But he's just doing what I want him to do now, and that's that's all that really matters to me. I don't really care what tournament it's in. Like as long as he's hitting his irons, like I want him to. He's had three top 10 iron weeks in the last five starts. That's probably enough for me to to get on the Morikawa bow. Am I going to get? Yeah. No, I, I completely get it. I I don't think I'm going to get there because I think he's going to be really popular and um. And I don't mean really, really popular, but I but just maybe, think maybe a better bet than a than a DraftKings play. Yeah, yeah, and I just I just already see the writing on the wall. He's that guy everyone talks themselves into week of, and I I I totally get it. But I would just rather play Vic, who's more expensive. Can't lay if he goes under the radar. I know people are really frustrated with him, um, but he had a really bad Thursday at the Scottish, and then he was pretty good on on Friday. He gained seven strokes on approach at the Travelers. He, 14th of the U.S. Open, he's still playing pretty good. Uh, I think I'd rather play him. Um, and you got Hatton, who's going to be probably popular. Tommy, who's, who's down there. There's just other guys that I, li- I like a little bit better. How popular do we think Ricky's going to be? Well, the price is a little bit debilitating, mm. which is good. So I, I think I would play him. I think he's a really good chance to win this week. Well, look, he was inside the top 10 after two rounds last week. Or this, you know, this week. Just gone. Like... 67-67 to open the Scottish. I think people are going to see the second here from 2014 and the recent win and just play him, but that's fine. Like I feel comfortable starting my lineups, Hovland, Ricky. Yeah, I could do that too. And then you, and then you, that gives you room to play some other guys who are, you know, in that high eight, mid eight, um, and, and not have to dip down too low. If, if you're uh, taking two the top players though do you have to have one of these like Kepka and above players 10-4 and above I don't think you have to like you you 
you think you can just go Hovland, Morikawa, or Hovland, Fowler and skip that range? I mean, it's risky. It's definitely risky. But say if the only guy uh, between Scotty, Rory, Brooks, and Cam that finishes in the top seven, say there's one of them, it's Rory, and he finishes fourth. Yeah. As long as you have the winner, say if Hovland wins, like you're perfectly fine. I'm just looking. So the world rankings of the players. So Rory McIlroy was eighth in the world when he won here. Ricky Fowler was 25th. Uh, Sergio Garcia was ninth. Jim Furyk was 11th. Scott was the world number one. Eduardo Molinari was 146th. Uh, Vitor Tavis on 23rd. Shane Lowry 68th. So that kind of suggests you can get away with with just a couple of these elite guys. I know I've sort of said in there that you've got first, eighth, eleventh, and ninth or whatever, but it could be a little bit of a different scattergun approach. Like, is is Colin Morikawa, who's like the twentieth best player in the world right now, much different from? I, I just think the world rankings are a little bit skewed at the moment. Like, Wyndham Clark's eleventh, yeah. right, and Keegan Bradley's fifteenth. Zalatoris is still somehow clinging on to thirteenth. Like. It's probably not like Fowler's the 21st best player in the world at the moment, but he's not. He's probably 10th. Yeah, I think the world ranking is as skewed as it's ever been. So, I mean, what's Brooks right now in the world? Brooks is 12th, which I don't, I'm fine with. I'm fine with that as the ranking, but I mean, we agreed he's probably has the fourth or fifth best chance to win. Yeah. Um, So it doesn't necessarily match up. I, I think it could be, and you know what? We said we wouldn't want to talk about it. Uh, the weather stuff, but what if Rory or Scheffler gets fucked on the draw and you get yeah. Hovland and Morikawa and uh, yeah. you, it can work. It can work. It can. Like, I, I just, I don't think we're going to get that weather bias, but things change so quickly in the UK uh, in terms of weather. I'm just thinking whether you can go Rory Vic. Like you can do that and have 7,000. So if you can dip into the low sixes, which again, we're going to have to, we're going to have to have a pretty serious conversation about as we go on. If you can find a couple of low 6K guys, you can make that work, I think. I think you can. And I think you can kind of target a skill set here. Like I was just thinking even Luke, Lucas Glover. Is he in the pricing? Uh, I don't know if he's in the field yet. No, I don't know if I'll be. Okay, he's not. Um, but I don't know if he gets in with anything else besides a win at the Barbasol, but like a guy who I just think is steady T to green um, and doesn't, you know, have to have to be a great potter here. I don't think, I just think, um, does, does a Barbasol win even get you in by the way? I think it does. Okay. Uh, I think it does. So yeah, I mean, I just think there's guys down there you can trust to kind of like what's Harrington 66. So I, I think there's a way to do it, but, and I it's think you kind of, I mean, look, I, I've, so I've started Vic, Rory, and just I've put a splattering of guys that I do like in the in the in the sixes that we'll come to. But basically, your next best guy in is Max Homer eight four. Is yeah. the most expensive you can do, and that's by going low in the sixes. So it just depends how you how you value those low eights, high sevens, I guess, which which we'll come on to. We'll we'll carry on doing it. We'll go into the players that we like. Um, who don't you like in the nines is probably the easiest question. Uh, Spieth, can't yeah. trust him. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him. Could he shock everyone and do great? Sure. Is he injured still? I, it seems like I guess he is. Uh, either that or he's in bad form. But Which is, way, yeah, no. it could just be he's in bad form because the last thing we know is he had a wrist injury. Yeah, and then, I mean, whether it's injury or 
bad form, I still don't want to play him. So I guess the answer doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Uh, Fitz is should be this should be a really good Fitz course uh, because he's long and straight off the tee and he's pretty precise. But he seems like he's fallen out of form a bit. So he was the one that I was ruling out. But uh, the more I looked into that kind of, um, you know, did you have to play the squash over the week before? Did you have to be good at the squash over the week before? I think he's a, he's the sneaky candidate that could finish top 10 and like you just think he wasn't playing well enough. The only, the only concern is he was really bad ball striking in round two last week. He hasn't really shown it in recent weeks and I don't think he's going to do it. Um, but he might be the player that people avoid because he hasn't had a, a, an approach week that's been better than 24th in recent weeks. So it's not like he's he's hitting the ball that well. Yeah, I do think people avoid him. I do because there's so many. There's gonna be so many guys around here. People like like Ricky and uh, Colin and Hatton and Fleetwood. He's sandwiched right in the middle there. Like he's uh, he might he might be not played at all. Are people gonna like Dustin Johnson? Yeah, I like Dustin Johnson a little bit. Is the general consensus gonna be that he'll he's worth playing? No, I don't think it'll be the general consensus. No, especially so, with. I yeah. think he's play a nine two. I do too. I think, I think he's more expensive. Wasn't he like in the eights at uh, the US Open? Yeah, he's like 88. Yeah, so I remember you being a quite a big advocate of him in the US Open, maybe even the PGA as well. Yeah, uh, both. When, he, when he was low price, right? And I mean, he wasn't great at the PGA, he lost an approach, but he seemed to be back to somewhat like the major person that we know in Dustin Johnson, in that he gained four off the tee, he gained nearly five in approach, he gained around the greens. He had, a, you know, he lost putting at the US Open, but he finished 10th. And then he's gone 9th of Valderon, which is not good golf scrimmage. He played pretty well when I was there over the weekend. So um, I think he's the one where you can get a little bit different. Like if you take him as your second elite guy in and just pray that he plays better than people think he's going to, then that could be an interesting way to do it. Because he was... He was third going into Sunday here in 2014. Yep, yep, I remember that. And I watched it recently. And I do think... He shit, he shit the bed, like, completely. But he was trying to chase down Rory, uh, Ricky, uh, Rory who was seven behind, and Ricky was six behind. So, like, yeah. he just went too hard that day. Yeah, and I, I liked him um, here, you know, looking at looking ahead a couple of years ago, saying this could be a good spot for him. And obviously things have changed, but... He's playing better recently, and I like the U.S. Open. Like the fact that he gained 7.5 ball striking, 4.1 strokes off the tee, 3.4 strokes on approach. I uh, was good around the green, 11.4 tee to green. I think it might he might have led the field tee to green, or he was up there. Um, Scheffler probably led it, but he was up there. And I think that's a great sign. Like you said, Valderrama, which shouldn't really suit him. He played pretty pretty well there, um, and he's been kind of involved at all, at the last two majors. I know he didn't finish well at the PGA, but wasn't he like one one back after the first round? Yeah, and also yeah. his his Open Championship record is definitely better than he's given credit for. So he was second at St George's in 2011, which people know. I think he went out of bounds right and cost himself. He was 14th uh, in 2010 at St Andrews. He was ninth at Livam in 2012. 2013 he was 32nd. 2014 here he was. Twelfth, uh, but as we said, he was third going into the final round. 2015, he finished 49th, but he was the 36th hole leader. I was there. 
when he was the 36 hole leader and he he got caught in rain and there was a lot of delays and he didn't you know stick around 2016 he finishes ninth and then he the last last two eighth and sixth and i yeah. think 2021 is actually pretty comparable to what we're going to get this week like it's not the the hardest links test you're going to get the weather could be decent and we could have had some soft you know conditions um i think he's interesting i really do i think he can win it i think that it would probably still surprise me a little bit if he won it because he just hasn't like it's not like he's winning three times on Niv. like he's he's still not proven he's the ultimate competitor like he was but I've definitely changed my mind on him where I said like he was struggling in majors when we were talking about him at the US Open the PGA. Like he's showing it now at the US Open. 64 after round one. Got worse as the week went on, but I just think he's playing well enough. Yeah, very good chance he's going to be my betting card because um, I just think value-wise he's going to be in the 35 range and he's one of the few guys like outside of the top five players who I think could win. Fleet, Fleetwood and Hatton, right there. Great chances, but high ownership is probably the, the subline I would say there. Yeah, what do you think? I mean, does does what you saw from them this weekend change anything? Or Fleetwood pissed me off today. Yeah. Bad. Yep. Like, Hatton just is what Hatton is. Like, I, there's nothing really changed. But I, I really felt like Fleetwood had a great chance. I thought the harder it got, the better he'd get. And this this kind of perception is, is going to be great when we talk about who I'm going to talk about in a minute. But, like, the perception we've got of these people that – the best links players were the ones that faded today. Like it's always yeah. Roy McIlroy needs a dome to play in, and that was what I was going to tweet. And then Fleetwood shoots two over, Lowry shoots three over. Like, I mean, no one really says Tom Kim's that great, but he was three over. Like, and you look at the people that played the best, and it was McIntyre. Obviously, people do like, but it was like David Lingmer shot two under today. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikolai Hoygaard three over. Like, I think the the tide is changing in terms of. Maybe not tidy change is probably a bit extreme, but like what I'm trying to say is like I think we overrate who we think is really good in open conditions um, or win, yeah. and that's what I want to know about Shane Lowry. Is Shane Lowry going to be a good player? Are people going to be put off by what he did on today? I don't think they. I mean. I think both. I don't think he's going to be incredibly popular. I don't think people are going to care too much about what he did today. Um, I think I don't think he'll be that popular just because of so many good players around him. Um, yeah, I think he could be he could be pretty good here. He's just so steady. Like 16th at the Masters, 12th at the PGA, 20th at the US Open, 12th last week. He finished in the top 10 here in 2014 when he was a lesser player. He's since won an Open Championship. Like I think he needs it a little bit tougher. But as today suggests, maybe that's not what we need from Shane Larry. Maybe he's got used to this kind of not point and shoot, but maybe he he is better in his kind of way. He can make these birdies, and it's just going to take a hot passing week. And I kind of like Shane Lowry. Uh, I was hoping that people are going to be put off, and there's a bit of. A, but I I would I would rather look at Johnson and Lowry, and then try and eat all the chalk with Hatton and Fleetwood. I think. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Lowry, Hatton, and Fleetwood are really the are they that dissimilar in the betting odds right now? Lowry is 35. The other two guys are 22. Yeah. So almost double. And I don't think they're that much different. Uh, could you see Hatton or Fleetwood winning this? Hatton. Yeah. I, I can't see Fleetwood. I've I just, I thought the Scottish Open was going to be, obviously I bet him, that's why. Like, I thought he was going to just get the win that he's looked like he was going to get all season. Um, 
and hasn't. And I just, if he can't close out the Canadian and then he can't play well in the final round of the Scottish, what what makes us think he's going to do it in the Open? I know he's like Liverpool and all that sort of stuff, but how local is this to him? Like it's not. It, it's it's the other it's the other place he's really local to, isn't it? Um, hillside or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly how close he is to it. Like it, it will be a good course. Like it will be a course that he's probably played a lot before. But I just think that it comes with his own pressure. Like he's playing well and he's got to deal with the fact that it's in his hometown or home city. I, I don't know if that's a great thing. Um, whereas Hatton just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I just don't think he cares. I think it's just one of those. He's either going to have it on the day or he's not. Yeah, he was a lunatic today. Yeah. I mean, jeez. I, I like it I like it to an extent, and I, I think it's enjoyable to watch, but I, I almost feel like he took himself out of it. Yeah, I agree. Cam Young's probably the categoric no for me in the nines. Yeah, definitely for me. It's quite handy that he's nine, unless just no one's going to play him, in which case it's not helpful at all. But like, yeah. I can still see people buying into it. Some people are. I saw them betting him. I saw people betting him last week. Yeah, they can they can use their money to do that. Um, <laughs> Hideki eight nine. This might be the first major I'm not playing Hideki in. It's so really I, I I was just convinced you were going to play him, and I was convinced you were going to say to him, Hideki is a smart play. I don't I don't know. I just don't trust him right now. But it's only the miscut of the Rocket Mortgage, right? Like we got burned. We did. Is that is that it? Like is is that the only thing that like if he had finished twentieth there, would we be talking about him being a good play? Probably, probably. And then, but, in which case, like a, a, a what he does at the Rocket Mortgage doesn't really fucking matter, does it? So, like, I, I just think good in opens. So he finished sixth on his debut. He was thirty ninth here, eighteenth, fourteenth, fine. Yeah, he was young when he played. He's here. only got one top ten. Yeah, I think I'd rather play Bryson. So he's the one, right? Like, he was the one I was interested on. He's the one that people are going to be put off by when they hear that there's so much out of bounds and the rough's going to be so punishing. I don't know. I don't. I think he's going to play well. He's he's in really good form. He's he's playing fantastically well, but. I'm just a bit concerned about the driving. I know, yeah. I know. I came on here and said I was like he'd been more accurate at that. Like he was really accurate at the PGA, right? Um, but he's not been since, and it concerns no. me. But he's just. I think he's just playing beyond what that means. He was 11th at Centurion, so there's nothing special. But he was second at Valderrama, where he just shouldn't be contending. No, exactly. That's what I thought, too. I was like, I mean, because I was thinking about betting him that week and I decided not to because I just didn't like the course form. And then he was in the mix the entire time. And I was it was it was nerve wracking because I was like and then it made me think that he's kind of informed. He can play well anywhere. And um, I, I think this course is a little better for him than people may realize. But the thing is, like when we say this a lot as well, but like when he first came on tour, this is a good course for Bryson. And it's whether yeah. he's carrying himself back to that or not as to whether he can turn it around again, I guess. So let me check real quick. I want to see what he did stat-wise um, last at Centurion. He had, he finished sixth, did you say? Uh, 13th. Yeah, 
I know I think I got eleventh down on DraftKings, but yeah, they do they do the thing there where yeah. um, he see fairways hit. He was he ranked sixth in fairways hit. Did he? Yep. That's surprising. That's not an easy course to keep it on the fairway there either. No, driving distance he was sixteenth, so it looks like he dialed it back, which I think you can do here. Yeah, so I think I think the trouble with that is like the tenth, the fifteenth, or the eighteenth, where they've lengthened them, or one's changed the par four and two of them are lengthened. Like that could be where he comes undone. And seventeen is like really like exposed, but look, I think he's a, I think he's playing way better than eight eight suggests. Mm-hmm. It feels a little bit like the Dustin Johnson conversation at the US Open at the right at the same price, right? Like he's a an elite level talent at eight eight. And he's playing better than Dustin was there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm, I'm going to play him. Well, I, I think Wyndham Clark's going to be relatively popular, right? So, yeah, we pivot from there, I guess, is, is the easy conversation. Now, I like Wyndham Clark. I was impressed with what he did at the Scottish um, for the most part. Finished 25th there with a, with a reasonably disappointing weekend. But I think he's going to be popular. Yeah, he, he probably will be, and I'm I'm not interested. JT dead still? Yeah, for me he is. Sam Burns. Um, impressive as Scottish Open. Yeah, yeah. Bad weekend, but that's yeah, I mean, he's yeah. I mean, this could probably suit him pretty well. I just think he's just still going to have the uh. The errant tee shot, and um, I still think this is like as much as the driving accuracy is important. I still think this is a an, uh, an open course where Americans can do well. I do too. I do too, and I don't dislike him. I just think I'd, I I don't play that many guys, and I just can't see myself picking him over somebody else. But I don't dislike to play at all. The only thing is, I don't like anybody else below him in the eights now. Maybe Tom Kim. Yeah, uh, true. I, let's see the eights. I like. <sighs> Um. Yeah. Uh, not the eights, I guess. I, I guess below that, like a couple guys. I I I'm finally giving up on Rose. The Rose's ground is done for me. Good. Yeah. I, I I've been off for a little bit, and I've been wrong a couple times when he's played well, but in the last couple, I've been right when he when I think he's kind of floundering. He's, he's done. I'm not interested. If he wins, then so be it. I'll just give up. Um. Scott. Seven nine. Uh. Yeah. I love Scott. I love him. I don't think I'm going to be alone on that. Well, actually, I might be. I think the miscut. I think I'm that's happy with enough people off. I think so. And I, I think he got a couple of bad breaks. I was tracking him a lot. Um, but two top tens at this course. And I don't, th- like you said, you don't necessarily need to have played well at the Scottish to, to do something here. So I'm hoping it puts people off enough. I think the 7900 is great. I think he's um, has a good chance to make the cut. And I'll probably bet him at 100 to 1. Um, I think this is the one major where I think an older player could probably win if they're yeah, involved. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because that is the narrative around the Open Championship. But then we've had Cam Smith, Morikawa, Shane Larry, Molinari speak. Right. Before that, though, we had Stenson, Zach Johnson, Ernie Arles, and Mickelson in a, in a five-year span. And Darren Clark, if you include, going back six years. So... It's, it's just, I feel, I feel like the tide has changed in the sense of, like, I don't think we're getting the older guys now, like Cam Smith beat Cam Young, Morikawa beat Speed, Larry beat Fleetwood, Molinari beat Kisner, I don't really care about, Rory, Rose, Xander, so, like, but then Speed beat Kuchar, Stenson beating Mickelson, like, it, it's been recent enough, I guess. Um, 
yeah. I don't know. Like, he's probably the one. He's probably that one veteran that is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more narrative than true, but it's also still a little bit true. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, Gooch, is he finally no. getting out? No? no, I'm not in on. I, I never have been in on Gooch, so I'm I'm still out. I just he's cheap. I feel, yeah, well, I just feel like he's. This is potentially the best venue for him of the year to take advantage of what he's been doing on live. Yeah, but he's just I just think he's a different guy on Levy. He's so much more yeah, I, I bet he's just so much more comfortable. Yeah, but like thirty third and thirty fourth in his two open starts. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean I think, yeah. It, I think he's going to play well. Like yeah. he, he he's genuinely dominant on live, whatever people want to value that as I understand it's not gonna mean a lot to some people, but you can't take away the fact that he's been there for so long. Uh, Taylor Gooch was inside the top 10 going into the weekend at St. Andrews uh, last year. Yep. Very, diff- very different course to St. Andrews, but I'd actually say that is a good thing because he's not the biggest driver of the golf ball, right? Whereas St. Andrews probably rewards those that hits it a mile. So I actually think him being inside the top 10 going into the weekend there is is a big thing. Um, yeah. So I like that. I love the way he's playing. I think it's very obvious. Um, and he was fine in 2021 as well. So I think this is the one you play him at. If you're ever going to, well, I mean, there's only one major left, so you're going to have to play him. But like, I think people should feel relatively comfortable playing him at 7-8. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. All those are pretty good points. Um, Connors, I like. Yeah. He was great today, but I think he's going to he's gonna gain a lot of steam. Bradley. Yeah. I like Bradley. What's he been doing? He won recently. What did he do after that? So he he was okay at the Rocket Mortgage. He was still good in approach, good at putting. He was not very good off the tee, which is a little bit disappointing. But he's going to be an accuracy guy for the most part. He wasn't at the US Open. But generally speaking, he's going to be pretty accurate, I think. Um, And I'm pretty sure he was decent here. I think this is maybe his best ever open finish i'm sure he was inside the top 20 uh yeah 19 so he shot six six nine over the weekend which is a really strong score uh in an open championship and i'm just going to check whether that was his best finish i think it probably would have been uh without checking um no he was 15th in 2013 so he's actually had two top 19 finishes back to back he's had an 18th Sneakily decent open record. First, fourth, 15th, 19th, 18th in between 2012 and 2016. If he's back to that guy, or he's close to it at the moment, um, it's been 33rd, 29th, miscut his first three major starts this season. I like him. Yeah, and of all the open courses, I feel like this is probably the best one for him. It's the flatness of it. It just feels like a ball striker is a tee to green. Guys, you want steady. Uh, he's in the mold of people I'm looking to play. So, And I think, yeah, he's under the radar. He's cheap. Uh, yeah, I'd, I think I'd play him over Gooch. Uh, is, is Jason Day just dead too? Or uh, no, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah, he's I, so. I'm pretty sure I thought he was good at Open Championships, and I'm pretty sure it's only been St Andrews where you can just get away with spraying it everywhere that you're okay. Uh, yeah. I don't trust him right now. No, 
no, I get that. I don't. I definitely don't trust him. I mean, which is worlds apart from what I thought earlier in the season. But just looking at his Open Championship record, so 60th, 30th, 32nd, he was 58th here in 2014, and he was fourth at St Andrews, where he probably should have won. 22nd, 27th, 17th. Uh, miscut, miscut. Uh, the miscuts, miscuts can be taken with a pinch of salt over the last couple of years that um, probably don't matter. But I think. He's not quite as good at an open championship as you would think he should be. Um, Patrick Reed. So I think I've been a little bit of a Patrick Reed whisperer over the majors because I was really high on him for the Masters. I bet him, uh, hit a top five on him, really high on him again at the U.S. Open, played really well. I mean, sorry, the PGA. And then I was out at the U.S. Open um, and he did rally to make the cut, but I think he finished 50 something. 56. So, yeah. so I, I don't. Bad round, though. Yeah, one bit. And he's been playing good too on live. Um, I don't mind him. I don't mind him. He's he's he, definitely cheap enough. He was great uh, at Centurion. Yeah. Like, I I don't know what people as I say I don't know what people put stock into that, but he was brilliant for two days. He literally put his foot down after a really slow day. He buys into that kind of team aspect that not many people do, but like it keeps him rallied. And I just. One of these guys is going to read Bryson, DJ Smith is get, are going to be in contention on Sunday, and I just I can see it being read. Yeah, and he's the cheapest one to take a chance on. I mean, yeah, and I'm, like I think people have tried the wacky Neiman experiment, hoping he's going to be the player he was before he went to live, and he's not. Um, so I think you go to read. I would definitely rather play read than Neiman. I mean, and Reed just has he's a great major major championship player. So yeah, I, I get that completely. Um, let's see so now you've got let's let's i'm just going to say names and we'll just say yes or no unless you've got someone to really talk about okay um sahith no english yes i kind of was looking at him a little bit is why has he got out next to his name does he was that just from is that from the scottish did he pull out from there yeah he must have Ah, uh, they withdrew from the Rocket Mortgage. Obviously, just hung over from there. Um, yeah, didn't he play okay here in 2014? Maybe. Yeah, I think he did. Um, I, I can just see this as a course that suits him a little bit. So he was no, he didn't play well here in 2014. Mr. Cut in 2014. He finished 15th in 2013. His open record sucks. 54th, 15th, Mr. Cut, 68th, 46th, 46th, Mr. Cut. Yeah, screw him then. So, I'm out. Um, Ryan Fox. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes, but I think he's going to be more popular than he deserves to be. Yeah. Russell Henley. I'm going to say no. I think he's going to be popular. I like Henley as a bet, though. Yeah. He's been really good in majors this season. Uh, 14th for the US Open, Mr. Carver's at the PGA, but fourth at the Masters. I think he sneakily played really well. Like I look at the profile of players that we've been talking about in the kind of top 10 here in 2014, I think he fits that mold. Um, he's obviously playing better than quite a few of those people that finished top 10. He's got a top 20 in the uh, Open Championship at, at St Andrews. Did Mr. Carver in 2014, not too concerned about that. I mean, look. His record is basically identical to what I've just said about Harris English, but I think he's playing better than Harris English. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's all completely right. Uh, what did he, and what did we say the other, a couple of weeks ago? 
um like we he was popular with the travelers and everyone was actually like he let them down let them down so bad but he still finished 19th and then at the yeah, John I mean, Deere, he was finished the weekend break yeah and then john Deere, he didn't finish very well but he gained six strokes on approach so he's still hitting the ball really well yeah i can see it yeah i just i trust him um to get through the weekend or something see with him no denny mccarthy I like Denny McCarthy. Yeah, I paused for a sec. I think it's probably going to be yes. Um, Ownership is concerned? I don't think it's going to be that bad. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be bad. I mean, has he has he done anything at, at Opens before? Or anywhere? In... Played okay in one. Let's have a look. No, he's never played in one. Okay. But he's been 7th, 29th, and 20th of his last three majors. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can definitely play him. He's real cheap for considering what his ceiling is. Didn't play the Scottish, so there's no, like, negative impact to him just being bad on links for the first time sort of thing. I quite like him. Um, answer no. I don't think you're going to say anything different. No. Uh, Brian Harmon, yes. Yeah, he, I just think he's going to be incredibly popular. Like, right now, he's looking like the, one of the most clicked guys on the entire slate. Um I was all like, over him last week, and I think you have to be again. Like I, I don't think he's done anything wrong. Um, I get that he's popular, and the pivot is probably to go to McCarthy or Henley, I guess. But I like him as a cheaper option. Yeah, he, he I mean, makes complete sense why he's so popular. He was great last week. He continues to be great at pretty much every time he's, he plays over the past month and a half. So, yeah, I think you've got to, you can find a way to play him. Chris Kirk. I've skipped I've skipped a few players here now. I didn't want to go through all of them. If you want to tell me someone between seven two and seven that Chris Kirk you can, but I've skipped those because I have nothing really to say. Maybe Woodland, but uh, no, I'm out on all of them. Okay. Kirk? No? I'm no I'm a no on Kirk. Nineteenth here in twenty fourteen. Yeah, that's interesting. I keep trying to talk you into Chris Kirk and it doesn't really work, but 14th, no, 21st, his last two starts. I quite like him. Yeah, I mean, this is a course that I think the, like we talked about Americans, a little bit shorter hitters could could do well here. And he's play, playing as well as any of those other type of guys, like the Keegan Bradley mold. I think he's kind of in. Yeah, like uh, I think it's just a cheaper Keegan Bradley. Yeah, yeah. Um, has Herbert, did he, uh, I didn't see how he finished over the weekend. Um, he finished 60th. Okay, I thought he was playing pretty well the first couple of days. He might have fell off. Um, I was looking at him a little bit. No one's probably going to play him. How about Phil? <laughs> you can play Phil if you like. Uh, <laughs> um, he's, he's had a couple of good finishes here, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Price is Phil. 6'9". 6'9". Six, six, um, no, so 6'9", the play is Louis Ustazen. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah, I like Louis. I like him a lot. He's he's playing great. He's starting to put it together. He was great at uh, in London, so I think he's starting to. I think he cares again a bit. Like I think he's done his like, oh yeah, I've been paid X amount of money to come to this tour, and I don't really have to play well. And now I think he's looking forward to playing well again. And that could be completely. That could just be complete bullshit, right? Like there there could be nothing to that. But he hasn't been able to play since the Masters. 
in the major championships. You look at the fact that he was sixth in Washington, I think, wasn't that just before the major? The Levy was just yeah. trying to prove a point. And then, like, did he... So he's obviously got in this because he's a previous champion, but, like, I just wonder whether he's played anything else recently. I mean, look, the 63 second round of Centurion just really caught my eye when I was there, and it just it just stuck in my head, like, we know he's a good Open Championship player. He's he's won one. He's finished second in a playoff. And he was third two years ago at that one near me where he's a 54-hole leader. I just I just think he could be really good. Yeah, I mean, if you look at 20, put it, go back to 2020 or 2021 when he was playing really, really good. I feel like everyone would be saying how much this course would be great for Louis to play on. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, I think he's the one that people have that don't they don't really care about on live. Like, they're like, okay, whatever. Like, he's he's gone there. He's not really pulling up trees, and we don't really miss him. But sneakily, he's the one that you miss from the the major fields when you think about it. And no, he hasn't been great. But sixth and fourth in his last three starts, within his last three starts, suggests to me that. He's starting to give a shit again. And he was third after 36 holes here in 2014. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm playing a lot of Louis. He's one of my favorite players on the whole entire slate. So I think if you start with, if you, we start working a bit backwards now from some of the things that we've said here. And if we play Louis and we play uh, Patrick Reed, both of which come with a little bit of discount, I think. I mean, you could you could go really live centric and just play a full live team. It probably wouldn't work very well. But like, just looking at who you could get in, so you'd have to really buy into these. But like, you could go Hovland, DJ, Bryson, Louis, Reed, Denny McCarthy, and that'd be a, a real low total ownership. Yeah, definitely would. I mean, yeah, you'd be really live centric. Um, I don't but- I don't think that can work. But like I'm just thinking about the the individuals that we've put in and how you could build a lineup. Like that's one way you could do it. You're literally getting major champions glory, right? Like Bryson, DJ, Louis, Reed, Hovland, just runner up in majors, and then McCarthy, who's obviously just not, but looks like he could be one for the future. Not a major champion, but a contender. Yeah, and this course would really suit him and. Yeah, I mean, I might go down with a Louis ship. I'm worried it, it could be just one really great start, but... Yeah, well, it could be um, just one really good round, right? Like, it's 63, and that could be it. But I just I just think they're the... I think we've pointed out the names that really matter in those kind of lower ranges. Um, I got I mean, one more real... Um, I, I like Brandon Grace. Yeah. I don't he's, know. He's tailed he's off a bit, but he was second... In, he was third in Tulsa, then second in D.C., uh, he came and qualified for the event, which I like. Yeah. And he's a pretty good open championship player, if I am thinking. Well, wasn't he, wasn't he the first one to shoot a 62 in a major when he did it in, like, 2017, Ivan? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah, 2017. That was in Liverpool as well. It wasn't this course, but it was in Liverpool. He What did he do here? He was 36th here and then 20th in 2015. He'd have been a good player then as well. Did one thing I would say. Uh, he'd have won that year, so he was a good he was a good player then. He he beat Louis Ustase later that year by seven strokes in South Africa. So he was 
Yeah. He's playing some of his better golf. He'd lost to Scottish Open the year before to Phil, who then famously went on to win the Open the following week. I, if he'd have had a better finish than 36th here, I'd be more interested. But like his best is that sixth in 2017 when he shot the 62. And I, I don't know whether there's anything more to it. I know you're going to probably give me a couple of reasons why, but like, I don't, I don't see, a re- I, I can't really advocate other than ownerships playing him over Smith or McIntyre. Yeah, no, that's completely fair. I don't have much more than that. McIntyre's going to be popular, 6-8. Yes, definitely. I do think you can play him though. Yeah, I mean, he's so cheap. I mean, compared to, if, they, if the pricing was out today, he's probably, what, 7,800. Yeah, and I like Smith. Yeah, he put, what, what did he finish this week? He finished 12th. Yeah, uh, really good. Which backs up to his 20th at the US Open. And look, he's he's never really pulled up trees. Um, and I think I've probably talked people out or tried to talk people out of him at the US Open. That's where he finished 20th. And he's only finished 47th in this major championship. But that was only his second open start. So we've not got like a massive body of work to go by. And if you just look at it, if you look at it in limited starts, like when he's made the cut, so he's he's played in seven majors and he's finished ninth, twentieth, and forty seventh, and then missed the other four cuts. So he's a bit boom or bust, but I, I think this is a good tournament for him. The the off the tee I like, I just I trust him to be accurate. Yeah, I, I his stats are always great, and then he came and played well this week. I I just feel like how can you how can you not want to play him at at that price, and he'll be popular relatively considering the price but yeah not as popular as mcintyre and i'm sure mcintyre probably will steal a couple more shares from from going forward as the week progresses and harrington will be more popular six six right uh, right now it's not showing me that but um there's so much buzz about him getting on the Ryder cup team and all this which is just i think a bit of a fallacy but maybe the fact that he didn't have a very good weekend but like he opened 67 66 this week so yeah I think if he'd have hung around a bit longer, like if he was in the top 10, like he was going into the weekend, then I guess he would have been more popular. Maybe people will sort of look the other way now, but I can see him being popular when the days progress. How about Thunderbird? Didn't he play great this week? Or good? 25th. I remember, because I remember I was talking about him and he, and I think he, he flew out of the gates pretty hot, um, but no one would play him. Um he would have played here in 2014, I think. Let's have a look. I just checked 64th. Okay. So not good enough. I don't really care about that. Like we know he can play well in majors because he's been ninth in this major. He's been sixth in the Masters, 27th in the PGA. He can't play the US Open, but other than that, like he's his Open Championship record. He's got a ninth, a twelfth, and his last one was a 57th. So yeah, could it be last year's Burmester? Yeah. Finished 10th or 11th. and <clears throat> I mean, look, what, what did I read out at the start of the show about the people that finished in the top 10? So Rory, Ricky, Sergio, Furyk pretty much picked themselves. Leishman was debatable. We had finished second at Tory Pines. Adam Scott was the world number one. But then you had Molinari, Schwartz, or De Buisson, and Lowry at that point. Olofsson fits the mould of any of those four players. He does. 
He does. I, I think the boy son was obviously doing it in the bigger field at the match play and stuff like that. But like he had a second in another like Nordea Masters where Aaron Olsen has actually won this season. So um, I thought he was tailing off, but he's suddenly come up the 15th for the British Masters in his title defence, and then 25th last week suggests he can still hang around. So his overall record in links is pretty decent as well. I think. Like I'm pretty sure he's won. Yeah, he's won the, the, the Dunhill links. And yeah. some of the other stuff that he's played well at has been kind of linksy. Um Perth, Sicilian Open, all kind of get a little bit of wind. Yeah. I kind of like him. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking about playing him. He sixty six hundred, he would be like he's definitely gonna be I would say a bit of lowest own sixty six hundred guy. So you've got Perez, Grillo and Harrington. Yeah. I always like playing him. I just think he's a ceiling play. Bjork? No. I like him. Did he, was he end up being good this week? I played him, but I just my lineup sucks, so I didn't even follow it. He finished 35th, but he was like... He got himself into like the top 10 after a few holes this morning and then just faded away. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's playing too well. Um... Let's wrap for Um, what about Cantor? Wasn't he good in London? Uh, yeah, I think he played okay. He's sixty-one hundred. He was seventeenth in London, so not great, but he's hard to trust, right? Like you don't really know what you get with him. Matty Jordan's playing well. It's his home course. He qualified for this, but he <laughs> interestingly he was okay and then shot an eighty in the final round today. Wow, eighty, jeez. I'm just going to see where he was going into, like, I feel like 369s must have put him in a decent enough position going into today. Um... Oh, okay, so he was he was only in 60 seconds to start with, so he obviously had nothing to play for anyway, but he's playing well, Matthew Jordan. I, I quite like him. Um, we still haven't reached one of my favorite plays and a, and a guy I bet already. Good. Uh, I hope it's not Francesco Molinari. No, no, it isn't. Um, it is a good guess, though. Cool. Let's let's go on to that because I don't want to go one by one with everyone here. Uh, okay, so I bet this guy at 400 to 1. Uh, I bet him earlier in the week. Yeah, I bet him earlier in the week, and I just bet him again because he, he's moving to 400. Uh, and Henrik Stenson. <laughs> and a reason... I really like him here. I think it's a really great course for him, and he's really starting to play well, very sneakily. He last he finished ninth at, in London, and what I like most though is he's the ball striking is coming around. He was uh, tied for second for fairways gained, which I'm sure he's shorter than most players, and that's okay. And I think he can get away with it here. And then he was tied for third in greens and regs. So the the driver was good, or the three wood was good, and the irons were good. Uh, so I, I thought that was really encouraging for him. Um, and I just thought this price for, you know, what he's done in opens, obviously he's won one, but I, th- I just think it, I just have a, a strong feeling on him. I'm going to look at his form here. I think it was like 35th or something. I would have thought he'd have played in both. Um, 45th and 48th and 39th. I think so, he's starting to get, to get a little bit of his 
I know he's old, but I mean, I think he's starting to get a little of that swagger back with his. He he looked. I was watching him a bit last time he played, and he was looking a lot more like Henrik Stenson. Yeah, I think the noise is quieting down after he's got over losing the the Ryder Cup camp to see whether he actually cared about that or not. But like, yeah, I can see it. I, I mean, look, it's hard to advocate for anyone at six two, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to say to that one. Yeah, I mean. I get plenty of reasons why you wouldn't want to be in on it, but yeah, well, that's 6,200 the first. Reason. <laughs> um, the one thing I like in the 6K is JC Poston. Mm-hmm. I, fed, I fell in this trap last year. He was playing really well. Like I think he just he just won the Travelers or the John Deere, or whatever he'd won, uh, and then came over, and his irons were really hot, and I played him and he missed the cut. But I'm not going to let that put me off because that was St Andrews where. Like it's probably just a bit big for him. Yeah, I, I think he could be sneakily pretty good here. Back-to-back sixth-place finishes at the John Deere and the Scottish for JC Poston. Yeah, that makes some sense. Is he? What is he? Six. Six five. Six five. Yeah, I mean, he's just not the type of guy I'm going to play at an open, and I know a lot of things you say make sense on him, but I'm just not going to play him. He gained 7.3 putting at the John Deere. Irons weren't that good. I'm just worried that it was a little bit of a flash in the pan. So let's see what his irons are like this week. Because that might be the difference. Like, cause I played him last week because of his iron play, and if it wasn't good this week, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Priority JT post not good that I'm still scrolling. Could be because I just can't see his name. Okay, so post. 23rd in approach at the Scottish. 23rd. Gained 2.7 on approach. So he was okay. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, I mean, it's, it's not bad. You would it's take an, that this week. It's an improvement on what he's been doing. Yeah. So so he's interesting. Um, so it's slim here. Daniel Hillier keeps playing well. He looked like he was going to threaten top 20 again this week. Didn't, but I think he can play well, 6,100. Uh, I just think he's a really high upside player. Ewan Ferguson won the amateur boys event here in like 2013. The poor man's Ricky Fowler. He finished 12th at the Scottish Open. They're both 6,100. Both going to be the two popular plays in this range, I think. So they're 6,100. Yeah. Marshall seems getting some steam. That I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but... <laughs> that was good. Um, yeah, he's played well in a couple of Opens as well. Like, Didn't he play well in the St. Andrews one? Or yeah. The one, maybe it was the one before. Maybe it was in Kent. At St. George of the Morikawa one. I think that was actually Yeah, um, yeah I was thinking about him coming in, but that 15th was a career best in the Open, so it's not like he's historically been good at them. Um, he was 27th on his debut, 15th in his last one, and three missed cuts in between. So, for someone that doesn't play majors very often, he's had a 12th in the US Open and a 15th in an Open, so... 
it's, I don't think it's the occasion that gets to him. He's probably just not that good of a player, but he's been good this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I you could definitely do worse at 5,800. Matt Wallace is 6,000. He finished 42nd, but had a second round 65. Richie Ramsey's been really solid. Connor Seam, I like. It's someone that can make the cut. Um, he had a terrible weekend, pair of 74s to finish. But he's he's making cuts pretty much every week. Um, I guess that probably changes in a open championship, but I've been impressed by that. Um, there was someone that I did like down in these kind of 5,000 somewhere. I got somebody. Go on. Um, this is my guy, so that's why I'm going to play him, but I'm going to play some Travis Smythe. He um, qualified with the from the Asian tour, but he's been there for now a couple of weeks um, over in the UK playing, trying to get uh, acclimated. And uh, I actually spoke to him, said it's going really well. He loves it over there. And he's kind of a grinder. Like if it gets windy, I think he can play really, really well. Uh, when he won that event in Japan was when the weather started getting bad. So I do think, you know, he has a shot. Is is he, can he finish in the top 20? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, I'd like to see it, it happen. Um, but I mean, again, I have a reason, a rooting interest of playing for him. Um, playing him and rooting for him, but I'm going to probably play him. He's he's cheap enough, I think, and I still think he can play pretty well. I think you've got to look at these Japanese players, Matt. Yeah. So Nakajima, his last. Let's go. What is it? Four. Ten starts. Eighth, ninth, twelfth, twenty-first, second, second, first, second, third, eighteenth. I get that this is in Japan, but we've seen this is moons ago, but like Todd Hamilton did the same thing. It was just yeah. playing really good stuff in Japan and then just came out of nowhere and people don't catch on to it. Tiger Semikawa, first, 45th, 3rd, 2nd, 5th, 15th, 14th, 31st, 22nd, 30th. So he dropped off a little bit, Semikawa, but Nakajima and Semikawa are interesting, to say the least. I mean, it's not just that he's playing good in Asia. It's also that he was the you know, number one ranked amateur in the world for a long time. So it's not like he's a nobody playing well in Asia. He's a, yeah. a, a you know, a high, a highly regarded prospect playing well in Asia. So, yeah, I could actually see him playing really well. I didn't and the, other, the other one is Takumi Kanaya, third, first, second, miscut, ninth in that run. Or eighth, fourth, twelfth, thirteenth, first, third, second, miscut, ninth. So he's like the one that him and Nakajima are sort of just going head to head. Um, I think Nakajima's the one because he seems to be this kind of really big talent that knows there's going to be pressure on him. Uh, I like Nakajima a little bit. Yeah, I would rather play Nakajima than any of the other ones, and he's probably the only one I would play. But yeah, I I, I like that a lot. I'm, I'll, I probably will play him. Where did we make this mistake before? Uh, playing him? Yeah. Was it the Zozo or something? It was either the Zozo or the Sony or something. Yeah. He played three He played three majors in 2022 and missed a cut in all of them. Yeah. Uh, no, I know. It could definitely be a mistake. <laughs> but he's, he's playing much better now. He's only 23, so he played majors before, but, I mean, he's still young. I'm just trying to think. There was someone else that he was – it's not Kanaya. I'm trying to think of who it was that he was going sort of toe-to-toe with. Was it Semikawa? Maybe. I just feel like he it was him and someone else who just consistently won two in Japan. I'm just wondering if they're going to be in this tournament. Let's have a look at their 
um, like money list if they've got one. Oh god, it's all in Japanese. Japanese. <laughs> money rankings: Nakajima's first, Kanaya's second. So it is those two guys, I guess. Um, Semikawa's fifth, Hiroshi Iwata is third. So he's playing some good stuff. He's also 42 years of age, so we won't complain Hiroshi Iwata. But I think those two are interesting. The the Semikawa and Nakajima, I think they're worth looking at. Yeah, definitely. Matthew Southgate is people will go to him. I don't think he's playing well enough, um, despite the fact he should have had a 59 not so long ago. Uh, Alex Fitzpatrick is an interesting one, but I can't advocate for playing him. I think that's it, Matt. I, th- I think that's unless you've got anyone else. Like I, don't, I, don't I had Alex. I had Alex Starr down there. Um, yeah. Wouldn't shock me if he played well. He's playing with his brother, so like. It's going to be good to have practice rounds with him. It's going to be the first time he's going to get a chance to do that. Um, you know, like that he qualified, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's always that to it. The dream is over with Grayson Murray. He's not going to win the, the Barbasol. Lucas Glover has a chance, but it's a very slim one. He's four behind Norm at this point. So that's the end of that run for us. Any closing statement on the Open Championship, Matt? Yeah, Victor Harbin's going to win. Okay. Anything else about type of player that people should look at other than not named Victor Hovland? Yeah, I just think, I mean, I'm looking mostly at ball strikers, guys who have been efficient tee to green, greens in regulation, um, can just play the golf course that's in front of them. I don't, like you said, a lot of the trouble, I think, is if you get Aaron off the tee um, and these, you know, hazards that are in play are definitely much more of a factor than they were last year. So I do think you want guys who are accurate yeah i i'm gonna to add to that i think don't overrate links form yeah this year um it is a links course there's no denying that and it is obviously beneficial so anyone that you did like that's got links form you don't want i'm not saying don't use it as a reason but like don't rule out a jt post them because they haven't played well in an open because i've just read out the top 10 to you what i say just at the start of, at the Start of the show, Lowry had only had a 30-second going into it. Uh, Victor Dwissel had only missed a cut. Eduardo Molinari had been 27th. Like, it's... You want some links pedigree, I guess, but, like, I don't think you need to play well. And we've seen with Morikawa and Cameron Smith the last two years. Morikawa's made his debut. Cameron Smith's, like, best of, like, 28th or something ridiculous. There's You don't need to have had this massive Open Championship finish, I don't think, to win it here. Yeah, I agree with that. So, favourite plays uh i'm i'm going to change up the system a little bit let's go 10 4 and above so that's kepka smith ram rory scheffler uh 10 4 and above um i will go rory i know he's gonna be popular but i just think he's gonna be there yeah i agree with that i do think like if the ownership is low on kepka i think you've got to give him a second look um, yeah so keep an eye on that Let's go 10K down to 9-4. So that's Victor down to Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, Victor. Yeah, me too. Uh, 9-2 starting at Dustin Johnson down to 8, which is Justin Rose. For me, it's Dustin Johnson. Yeah, it was for me as well. I'm just going to see if I can find one different. 
I quite like. I, I do like Lowry. I think Lowry could be good. And like, if the ownership goes down a little bit on him because he was poor today, then I think that's of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, we spoke about at length about Bryson's potential chance to do well. Um, so there's names there. Uh, seven nine Adam Scott down to seven three Brian Harmon. For me, it's Adam Scott. I <laughs> am um, going to go with. Taylor Gooch. I think he's. This is going to be the major that he actually makes use of his live form. Um, live bot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Adrian Ronk seven two down to six five. Who is Michael Kim? For me, it's Louis. So we're either going to have a really good week. <laughs> sorry it's gonna be really shit because we basically had the same name so i'm trying to find different um i quite like your Olison channel yeah i like that too i'm gonna be playing him as well yeah that's an interesting one so we'll give those two names even though that was your they're both your calls um and then let's just go 64 and down like i, I guess you're going stenson at 62 yes we didn't actually talk about him and i was meant to talk about him and then we got to a different tangent can Zach Johnson still play golf? No. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I don't think so. I've searched Zach Johnson data goal three times over the last week. And I don't know why. Um, but he, he was 35th at the John Deere, right? 35th, yeah. Lost on approach. It was made, made the cut of the PGA. Made the cut of the Masters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you could make the cut, right? I, I wouldn't you just rather play Patty though. Yeah, probably. I just think it's interesting. Six K Zach Johnson. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, hey. I, I can't do it. No, I can't. Don't do that, everyone. Don't do that. But there's, there's, there we go. That's that's the thoughts on Zach Johnson. There's my son Nico. If you made it this far on the show, can you say hi? Hi. Thanks, oh, Nico. What about Zach Johnson? Do you like Zach Johnson this week? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, Zach Johnson for the win. Look, All that's right. our first live interjection on uh, on Lost of Words. I don't think it's going to be our last. And hopefully he's just given us the response that we need for Zach Johnson. So thank you as ever for joining us for the Open Championship. Matt, thank you and good luck this week and enjoyed it as ever. All right. Go Vic. Say go Vic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There we go. There we go. That, that's <laughs> just as much as go Vic as we need. Uh, All right. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Nico. Thank you.